Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Oh, Nikki, we're continuing our conversation on self-compassion this week with the greatest hits of shame. Oh, <laughs> shame. The oh, shame. Just keep on coming. You're fired right? up today. That's what I'm I hearing. am. Got a lot of that big shame energy. I do. I'm, I want to crush it. As as Alan Brown would say, crush crush it, Jane, crush it. Uh, So we're going to do some shame crushing today. In addition, uh, we're going to invite you to head over to TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. Listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list and we'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest at TakeControlADHD or jump into the Discord community. That's where all the cool people hang out. Just head over to TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord and you'll be swept over to the Discord login page. If you don't have a Discord account, you'll be uh, guided through creating an account. But if you do have an account, you can just use your own login and it'll add you to our public chat server. Now, if you're looking for something a little bit more, you want to sneak in the back way and get access to the triple secret channels, you just need to become a patron patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. If you go there and you sign up for a few bucks a month, you are supporting this show. You're supporting the show and you're giving yourself access to all of our very favorite channels and tiers on the back end of our Discord server. You're getting access to early access to the podcast. You're getting access to the show live streams. If you are already there at the deluxe level or better, you'd be listening to us record this live right now. And uh, that's pretty cool. You could chat along. We have special uh, Q&A segments at the end of each episode. It's really, it's fun. It's fun. You should hang out. Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. Thank you to all of our members, new and old, who have decided to support this show. Nikki, do we have any news? Not yet, but it's coming. No news. news is coming. News, news is, coming. is coming. All right. Let's talk shit. We're continuing this conversation last week as if we Mm. stopped in the middle of our conversation last week and now we're just picking it up, right? We're talking about the Self-Compassion Workbook by Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer. Germer or Germer? Germer. I'm going to say Germer. I'm going to say Germer. Yeah, let's go with Germer. So now we're talking about this very special chapter on shame. Yes, chapter 17. All right. 
self-compassion and shame. And I'm going to add and ADHD. Outstanding. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, again, a lot of this information, uh, is coming from this book. So I want to give them full, full credit. Um, definitely check it out. It, it has great worksheets, um, or not worksheets, I'm sorry, exercises and different reflections to do. Uh, it's not specific to ADHD, but by golly, it could be, um, it's really good. And I've been talking a lot about it this week with my, my coaching groups and, um, just really excited to, to talk to you about this, Pete. Um, so shame is the feeling that something is fundamentally wrong with us that will render us unacceptable or unlovable. How would you define shame, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much it. Shame is that uh, that sort of pervasive feeling that I'm not good enough for whatever I'm doing at any given moment or that everything I've done, I have to feel bad about in some way or another. Like I, I'm able to find the thing that is uh, worth regret and I will hang on to that regret all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would add that what I see with clients is the fact that they blame themselves for mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. And so the shame comes from, well, this happened and it was my fault. Therefore, yep. I'm a bad person because this is always my fault. It's always something that I did wrong. Yeah. Which it's so funny when you when you say those words out loud, because shame is a is an incredibly egocentric feeling. Right. Like, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's all about me. Somehow, of course, it's not all about me. The things that I'm perceiving as wrongs that I've done to the world, most people are probably not thinking about at any given time, except me. Right. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that it's it's very real to my kind of lived experience. And it's not only real, but it's daily. Like it's happening all the time. So, yeah. and I think that's the distinction with ADHDers is that they're feeling it all the time. So they're mm -hmm. always they've got this heavy, heavy. Uh, load on their back all the time. Mm -hmm. it, it's not just one or two situations. It's like every day I'm doing something wrong. Right, uh, right. And I have an example and uh, I've been sharing this example. It just happened yesterday, uh, but man, it hit me hard. And it's, it's so, I think, relevant. Uh, in my GPS group, we will chat you know, um, as we're doing our work, which sometimes is good and sometimes is bad, but that's a whole nother story, uh, with, with distraction when you're trying to do work. Um, but, uh, we were talking about transitions and there was a comment around someone feeling really sad and embarrassed that it was taking them so much time to transition between tasks. And I'm guessing, of course, this isn't, I don't know this for sure. I'm guessing because in their mind, they felt like it was taking too much time. Mm -hmm. This can't be normal. Something is wrong with me. Right. So right, right. I need to have time to transition, but it's too much time and it's my fault. And, yeah. but this, well, because, I mean, when I, because this is paired with the other great SH word, right? Should this should be taking me less time. Therefore, I should feel shame about it taking as much time as it did me to do this task. Right, right. Now, if you hearing that and me explaining that for the first time, do you think that that person's a bad person? No, of course not. Right? Because yeah. it doesn't make sense, right? No, like, why, why would that be 
a bad thing, right? Right, right. So my response was that it's not anything to be ashamed or embarrassed about. In fact, it's something that we want to be proud of. We want to be proud that you know yourself so well that you know how to do your best work. Well, and that, and, means, and that you are able to predict how long it takes you to do stuff, right? The task takes as long as it takes. At least you can you can plan around it. Right. But I'm going to clarify that you don't need to know how long the task is going to take. It's mm-hmm. a, well, I guess with the transition you are um, yeah. with with the transition. Yes, you know, if if you know what you need, whether that's 30 minutes, five minutes or whatever. Right. That's 100%. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that that is something to be really proud of, that, you know, that that's something that I need to do my best work, not something to be embarrassed about. And so if we can flip the script a little bit by this isn't something to be embarrassed about. This is something you need. This is something that you know you need to do your best work. So we want to let go of that expectation of that should, Mm -hmm. right? Because it doesn't matter. This is how you work. It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing or what they need. Um, And the acceptance allows you to release this pressure and move on through the day. And I think that something that we have to be really truthful about is we're not getting that stuff all done in a day anyway, regardless. Right. So let's take the the shame out of it Mm -hmm. because you're not doing it anyway because it's too high of an expectation. So, yeah. you know, I think that there's something about that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And and it goes, I mean, there are so many uh, sort of directions to take this in. Part of it is like, what are the lessons that you're learning about yourself in not just how you feel about the work that you're doing, but how you're organizing the work that you're doing? And are there ways you can approach the work practically in order to alleviate some of the emotional baggage that you're carrying into it? Should you break the task down more more fully? Should you, whatever. How can you find your yourself in smaller wins, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in order to move through and not feel bad a, mm-hmm. about that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. About the stuff that you're, that you're struggling with. That's, mm-hmm. that's the part that, that gets me. But I think, mm, well, I'll hold this for a second. Yeah, go, let's go to your next point because I, okay. I have a point. Okay. So in the book, they talk about how shame actually has three curious paradoxes. Shame feels blameworthy, but it is an innocent emotion. Mm-hmm. Shame feels lonely and isolating, but it is a universal emotion. Well, and I think the third one is the best. Shame feels permanent and all-encompassing, but it is a transitory emotional state that only corresponds to part of who we are. I I feel like this is the one that that gets me because yes. it, it unlocks the worst parts of me as cars on the shame train that I'm dragging behind me. That when I'm in a point when I'm working and feeling bad about something that I'm doing, when I'm living under the weight of shame, it unleashes like an increased likelihood of anger or rage when I'm interrupted or when somebody knocks on the door, if I'm in the middle of a flow state, like it makes me inflexible to the signals of the world around me. And it's not that I'm just angry all the time. It's that I'm living under the weight of shame, I already am hating myself. Therefore, it's so much easier for me to hate the world around me. 
Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. I think part of that is just all, you know, symptomatic of, you know, kind of living in the world that we live in and dealing with loss of family and dealing with all those kinds of things. But it is it manifests in shame. It manifests in the shame state uh, that allows the uglier pieces of me to be whole. And I don't love that. And what's interesting about you saying that is I'm going to actually quote a different book. So this is the Radical Guide for Women with ADHD. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're doing in our, our book club right now. And I highlighted this paragraph and it's exactly, well, close to what you're saying. If your beliefs about ADHD and yourself are negative, you will perceive the world as a more negative, rejecting, hostile place. When this happens, you're likely to expect negative outcomes and hide away to protect yourself from the vulnerability that can actually draw people together. Yeah. And the inverse of that is also true. Like my perception of is not that the world necessarily sees uh, is a hostile place, but that the world sees me as a hostile resident of it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's shame again. Right. That's the the self isolation, the egocentric, the I'm the star of my shame world, and everybody should hate me now. Right. <laughs> right. The spotlight on me. Right. Yeah, right. right. Well, and I think this number three point is really hard for ADHD because it feels so permanent. It does. Shame yeah. feels permanent. Yeah. And uh, and so it, it's switching that mindset of trying to figure out how to make it this transitory emotional yeah, state transitory right transitory yes um so interesting i think yeah. um and then they go on and this is actually something that we learned you actually a long 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 time ago shared the Brene brown ted talks yeah yeah <laughs> and, those were really uh, impactful impactful uh, still right. very much so and uh and this comes from the book but it also comes from Brene Brown I mean mm-hmm. this is where I first heard it is that you know there's this difference between guilt and shame guilt refers mm-hmm. to feeling bad about a behavior I did something bad uh shame is to feel bad about ourselves so I am bad yeah uh guilt can actually be productive because it can actually motivate us we can learn from the situations and uh apologize if we need to do something different next time right mm-hmm. um shame is unproductive because it paralyzes us and renders incapable effective action and that is really important i think for ADHD to understand is that when we start to feel shame it paralyzes us and doesn't move it doesn't move the needle forward mm-hmm. and especially when you're looking at like uh phone calls you're avoiding tasks that you're avoiding uh things that have this incredible emotional shame around it it doesn't it it's not helping it's it it, it really is stopping you so mm-hmm. if we can start to kind of unravel or untangle you know according to Sari Solden and mm-hmm. Michelle Frank untangle some of that where we're feeling that shame and start to look at it a little bit differently then we can start really opening up the door to action with more compassion with ourselves mm-hmm. so if you make the phone call that you haven't made and let's say it does go bad you can have compassion around that and know that you tried, mm-hmm. right? Or whatever the whatever it might be. But if we sit in the shame, then we don't even make the phone call and we keep feeling bad. But what if we make the phone call and that person is like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I didn't call you. Mm-hmm. 
like I've been so busy or whatever. Like we just don't know until we have that action. So that that's my point there. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, it does. And I, I think it is, for me, I, I get, like when I'm at my best, I get into the, um, it's it's like Schrodinger's phone call. Do you know you know about Schrodinger's cat? No. So this is like a philosophical thought experiment where there is a hypothetical cat in a box and the box is closed and you can't see whether the cat is alive or dead in the box. And maybe there is, I mean, there are some ways that the thought experiment is played out where they say like there's poison in the box and you don't know if the cat's alive or dead because you can't know if the cat has eaten the poison. Uh, all you know is while the cat is in the box and the lid is closed, it is both alive and dead, right? Mm -hmm. And so Schrodinger's phone call, you don't know if the cat or if the call is going to go well or it's going to go poorly. All you're doing is painting the picture of the dead cat in your head and living as if it is dead, when in fact, the call could go great. It, right. It really, could, it could go well and poorly at exactly the same state because you haven't taken action yet. And so that's really the the whole idea is to present this state of actionlessness that you have to be aware of the fact that there there you're standing at a fork and yeah. it's up to you to define. You have agency about whether or not you pick up the phone and dial it or if you leave it on and just continue to suffer about this story that you can't ever write the end to. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I've never heard that before, but oh, yeah, it's so true. Yeah, so it's true. Yep. So a long, long time ago when we talked about shame, you talked about a quote that came, I think, from one of your friends. And oh, we Dr. Know Dodge. Dr. Dodge, yep. friend of the show. Mm -hmm. And shame is maintained by silence. Can you, do you remember the quote? Well, yeah, it was, it, it's shame hates the sun, right? Shame That's hates what it is. the shame sun. Shame hates the sun. Yeah. When you when you live in shame, you're living in the dark. And when you shine light on whatever it is you feel ashamed about, it withers and dies. And uh, so, the, you know, the whole metaphor is about like, just, you know, pick up the phone, tell the person how you're feeling, be open about the state of the world that you know, of your world and your actions and where you are in a project or whatever. Mm -hmm. Once you once you essentially pull the bandaid off, right? Yes. Then things are allowed to begin healing, but nothing can begin healing until you shine a light on it. Quote here from the book, self-compassion is the ultimate antidote to shame by relating to our mistakes and kindness rather than self-judgment, remembering our common humanity instead of feeling isolated by our failures and being mindful of our negative emotions. I feel bad rather identifying with them. I am bad. Self-compassion directly dismantles the shame. And if you remember last week, we talked about these three areas of self-compassion. We talked about self-kindness. We talked about uh, the um, mindfulness piece of it. Well, it self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. Thank you. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's what that sentence that I just read is doing. Uh, it, it's, it's putting that self-compassion around that shame. So mm -hmm you know, the, the goal or the mission is to practice responding with compassion rather than shame. And I just, I want to again, highlight that there's lots of great exercises to practice in this book uh, and certainly want you to, to check it out. I'm going to switch gears a little bit, going to a different book that I've been studying. 
<laughs> I'm like a librarian this week. I know. Look at you. <laughs> yes. So in the book with the Radical Guide for Women with ADHD by Sari Solden and Michelle Frank, this quote, this whole thing I'm going to talk about, it struck me from the moment, the first time I read it was like several years ago, it was pre, um, pre uh, COVID. And it's hit me in a way that I continue to think about it, you know, to this day, it's, it, I think it's that powerful. The crux of the ADHD journey has, has as much to do with letting go of the false beliefs you have about yourself as it does with adding tools and strategies. This is what you need to recognize first and foremost, because this link, the one that binds your challenges to your worth is far worse than any symptom of inattention could ever be. What does this mean to you, Pete? Well, I, you know, I kind of hate it uh, because it's, it's so, it's kind of paralyzing to me a little bit because it is an observation of an awareness that I know is true, but really struggle with personally right? That I, I, I know that letting go of false beliefs that you have about yourself is, is critical. And I have yet to figure out how to do it myself, um, you know, in, in my lived experience, reliably and repeatedly, repeatedly. Do you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, it's just yes. hard. It's just hard. And this is, I hear this all the time. Like, you need to to just you have to let go of those things let go of the of the feelings of negativity and shame and i'm sure i've said them on this show you've got to let go of those things and yet it's it's an impassable you know canyon of of grief and doubt and it's incredibly hard to do right and do i you have, believe you can do it yeah i'm sure down the road there's a version of me that is that has what been about able today? to do it um yeah i don't know right i don't know yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I get it. I get that. What they're about like words. hour by hour? Mm -hmm. I mean, if we break it down from not, oh, this is the person I am where I can just like always separate these, but just right now in this yeah. hour, is there something that I can do that's going to make this work for me and not against me? Yes. Yeah. And I, I, I can, I could say, um, I, I, I think that the secret to that and where you're going is probably like whatever's in front of me minute by minute, right. Even more, um, like really celebrating capability minute by minute. Like right now I have to edit a podcast. I know how to do that. I believe in my set of skills and the tools and technologies that I have in front of me to be able to do that. As long as I don't look up, <laughs> right? As long as I don't look up and gaze around me uh, at other things that could distract me from that effort, I feel like I can let go of any false beliefs that sneak in about my. But I on want that you to let it go, even if you look up. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is so it's so right. hard. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so, so I, if I guess you look I'm, up, it's still okay. Yeah. Yeah. But if I look up and I see, um, uh, I can physically the, see you getting uncomfortable. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's true. Like it's really legit, and I can feel yeah. myself. Like I, I can look up and I look in a, um, uh, I, I look at a Discord chat and I see somebody post something that I feel like I should have an answer to, but I don't have an answer to. So I guess I better go back to bed. You know what I'm saying? Like 
that's the that's the 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 part that is a constant like mountain it's not like i'm climbing a mountain to be able to let go of all my false beliefs is that there are a bazillion mountains right there's always another mountain and when i get to the other side of that mountain new mountains are cropping up as if they're just being invented right there i could there are always new mountains and so i think i i guess in that light um my version of self-acceptance is to realize as soon as I conquer that mountain, as I climb that mountain, that there are going to be new mountains to climb and I just have to keep climbing them. With Don't acceptance and climbing. compassion. Yeah, yeah. Knowing right. that that's, that's the mountain is finding acceptance and compassion. When I get to the top of it about whatever thing it is, I just have to, to internalize the fact that I know that about myself. There will always be mountains. I will always have to be looking out on the horizon. Um, and that's the humanity of it. Yeah. Because yeah, it's not just it. you. It's not just you. E everyone as humans, ADHD, no ADHD, we all have mountains. Yeah. And so if we bury ourselves in shame and, and negative self-talk, then we stay there. Yeah. And we keep I, believing that this is the way it's always going to be hard. This is always going to be this way. Um, but if we well, can be more compassionate with ourselves and understand this is a universal feeling mm -hmm. and this is life. Life is messy. Right. Right. You know, we it's just messy and gross sometimes, but it yeah. also can be beautiful. Well, and, and joyful. The, the, the challenges are not consistent, right? Like right. I look at my task list today. I'm looking at Pete's today and I see a whole lot of things on there that are fine. They're totally fine. And I see a second set of things that are totally fine in any other context, but I haven't gotten myself to do them. And that that's the shame. There's nothing in here that is out of outside of my scope of ability. It's just, I am like, I can find somebody. I've, it's, uh, I'm not gonna lie. It's my own mother. I've let my mother down on something that I just haven't done because I have continually reprioritized other things in front of it. And it's against my self-interest. It's one of those. It's just one of those tasks. It's not it's not a hard. So task. what would you tell me if I just said that to you? How would you respond to me? How would I respond to you and say, well, I would tell you it's OK. <laughs> tell mm -hmm. you it's fine like it's okay it'll get done when you have space to do it like it's the it's not a, a project that's on a hard deadline in fact there's kind of a fuzzy unknown deadline out there that is just kind of out there because it has to do with you know federal regulations and legislation and things like that and uh, that are being set by the government who knows when those deadlines will be set um and so it's it's probably going to be just fine. I I have the papers that I need to work on sitting on my desk. And it's not like it's out of sight. I have it. I look at it every day. And um, and so it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So what do you think? Well, but it's me. <laughs> and it's my mother. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, but does it feel different? I mean, you know, does it feel different? When you said I have shame around it, you stopped. Yeah. 
you just, I have this task and I have shame around it and it has to do with my mother. Mm-hmm. And then when I asked you, what would you say to me? You started not only being more compassionate about it, but you also started like thinking about how to get started on it. Mm-hmm. So you kind yeah. of moved yourself forward after you kind of like gave me a little bit of a break. Like, hey, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. And start kind well, of seeing it is, as it is. Yeah. But this is the this is the thing we started uncovering last week. That when you're talking about shame, like I I like you more than I like myself in this context, right? So it's easier for me to but be forgiven. I want you to like yourself just that, and as that's much. The mountain. That's the more. Mountain. Yeah. Actually, I want you to like yourself more because that's and that's a really important piece because that goes into like people pleasing. Mm -hmm. When we say yes, because we like that other person more, we are doing it at the expense of ourselves. And that is not okay. And sometimes you have to disappoint other people to protect yourself. Yes. I want yeah. you to like yourself more and we're going to get you there because well, we're going to take this shame. We're going to kick it to the curb. I know, we're going to crush it. I, and yeah. That's what I've been thinking about all week and why when we first got on the call, I was like exhausted because like it's been it's been a week of kind of sorting through those feelings around everything that's on the list and stuff that isn't. It's like, what is it that's, you know, that's causing that kind of negative self-talk and to at least reflect for people who are listening. Like, I don't, I, I've been, I, one of the other things I've been thinking about a lot is the perception that I have of myself versus the perception I have of myself as a podcaster that other people hear when they hear me. And I, I feel like, uh, I feel like it's okay to bleed a little bit and say, this is just crushing. There's no facade. There is no, like, this is like lived experience every day is figuring out this mountain metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. That, and, and it's, it's real and legit. And my God, you guys, I get it. I get it. And so we deal with self-kindness, that yeah. common humanity and mindfulness of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, and I want to say again, this is why this one, this, this, quote from uh the the radical guide i think is so important and i'm going to say it again this is what you need to recognize first and foremost because this link the one that binds your challenges to your worth mm-hmm. is far worse than any symptom of inattention could ever be that is so important to understand that that task for your mom and your your symptom of for whatever reason, avoiding the task, right, is around ADHD. It's hard getting started. It, I mean, all of these things. Any number could, of things. It, yeah. Any number right. of reasons that it could tie back to your ADHD. But it's not, it's never going to be worth your, or it's never going to be, um, well, worth your self-worth. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it does not attach that. Yeah. Or we have to just dismantle it, I guess. I'm not yeah. sure exactly what I'm trying to say here. but. Right. But it's well, such an important piece. It's huge. It's huge. And it's so easy to like, I can, I can, like, I can legitimately look at other people and say, like, and, and, and counter every one of their feelings of negative self-worth mm-hmm. and their shame and their compassion, like, I and, and find compassion and help them find compassion. But, but this is the, like looking in a mirror is the, is a nightmare scape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Good stuff, Pete. 
Well, I hope so. I just, I, you know, I, I don't know. Thank you for walking know. through this with me. Cause I know that this was a little, it, it's uncomfortable because I am putting the, sh- you know, I am putting the, the spotlight yeah. on you and asking you hard questions. And I appreciate you being uh, vulnerable on the show to, to answer them. Well, uh, well, I hope it's useful for someone out there to listen and know you're not alone because holy crap, you're not alone. Well, and this uh, isn't just a one and done thing. This is something that was also said in our group that uh, acceptance is not just, oh, I'm I'm accepting this. I'm done. Yeah, like it, right. it's, it doesn't work oh, that I'm, way. Look, I'm valuable now. <laughs> yeah. And it's <laughs> just, I mean, it and it's the same thing with this. Like, oh, I've listened to this podcast. I have no more shame. Like, yeah. I, I get, yeah, that's not, that's not what's happening. Yeah. Like um, I'm ticking off. Oh, those are false beliefs. Okay. Now I right. get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My hope is that it, it brings the listener awareness so that they can start to kind of identify where they see this in themselves and be kinder and, and be able to walk through it just like you did with the mom's task, Mm -hmm. you know, with that task for your mom, like be able to kind of see, okay, wait a minute, let me, let me tell a different story. And I love the cat in the box. Yeah. You don't know. That's really good too. You really don't know until you open the box. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks everybody for hanging out and listening to the show. We appreciate you downloading, listening, all the great things you do with the show. Thanks for your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to the conversation, head over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Bright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Thank you.